What is going on, everybody? Jordy Cannell here. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the podcast. It is myself and Greg Piatelli talking hockey. We go through the last couple weeks in the NHL, talk about the outdoor games. We go through division by division, talk about major storylines, the rumors of whether or not the Penguins should trade Sidney Crosby. Should they blow up Vancouver with their cold start? This one was a lot of fun to record. Cannot wait to hear what you guys think. As always, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. Search the bullpen cart on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, ThunderBLG, Thunderblog Sports on Instagram. It's where you can find my recaps of Flyers games and golf tournaments and a lot of other great posts, too. Join our Facebook group, the Bullpen Card Podcast on Facebook. It's where you can be a part of the conversation. But enjoy this episode. Let us know what you think in the show notes. And here we go. Welcome to this week's episode of the podcast here on the Bullpen Card Podcast feed. I, of course, am the G-Man, Jordy Cannell. Joining me after an absence two weeks ago, Mr. Greg Piatelli. How are you doing, my friend? Is that the police coming for you, Jordy? What's going on? I was wondering if you could hear that or not. Yeah, I don't know what's happening. Uh, I don't know. It could be police. It could be ambulance. It could be fire truck. There was a fire couple blocks from us last week. You know, there's a lot of stuff going well, on in South Philadelphia. Well, let's hope whoever or whatever is going on is uh, everyone's okay. Yeah, let's hope, yeah, hope it's all safe. All that good stuff. There was, a, there was a shooting literally a block from us like a couple months ago. Scary shit. Yeah, yeah seriously, dude. I don't, yeah, think the, I don't think the viewers want to hear that or the listeners want to hear that. However, um, <laughs> yeah, man. Do well. Um, looking forward to tonight and catching up all things NHL. I mean, I know pitchers and catchers and, and position players are arrived and training camps have started and we got first games this weekend. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. The NHL is in the thick of things, so let's get to it. Yeah. So we, so you have not been on since about a month ago. So we've got a ton to get your opinions on. We had Mark on two weeks ago. He was a little busy, so you couldn't get him on. You know, we're all just all too busy, Greg. But you mentioned it. We're over a quarter of the way through the season. Teams are getting through their COVID stuff. They are going, and you know, we're real. I think we've gotten through it. It's kind of like the start of the baseball season. Speaking of baseball, of where. You the Marlins, you the Cardinals, all that crap that happened with them with COVID. And then once the ball really started getting rolling, teams got through it. Then the season really, you know, September flew th- flew by. And, you know, I feel like we might be there with hockey now. I, you know, obviously not every team has gotten COVID and there's probably going to be more delays. So thinking to think, oh, we're completely gone from it is, uh, you know, not the not the smartest thought. But it does. There seems to be a little more optimism, I, it, I feel like, just from a how how teams have bounced back from it. I don't know. Am I, am I too optimistic here, Greg? Yeah, I mean, it's tough because that's the that's the ever-looming thing, right, is is more than just the injury bug, but the COVID bug and, and this. I mean, there's still, like, Dallas still only played 14 games. New Jersey still only played 14 games. There's, everyone except for Canada, 
I guess the West, uh, the West Coast is doing everyone pretty much is the same thing. But everyone, you know, there there are some teams in in some of these uh, U.S. divisions that just have so many games to play coming down the stretch, and whether that helps or hurts remains to be seen. Um, you know, with with long absences versus playing back to back, or you know, two day two two games in three days, or yeah, two games in three days, whatever it may be. Um, you know, sometimes that energizes the team. Sometimes you know obviously fatigue, et cetera. So, I mean, we'll see. I was, my next question, Jordy, as we approach this time of the season, I know we're only 20 games in or, you know, yeah, 20 games in or so. Um, are you, are you missing like an all-star break? Are you, are you missing this would be the time where you gear up the all-star talk? Are you, are you missing that this season or are you just happy that we have hockey? There's, there's still 30 some odd games to go and, and, you just want to you just want to make sure we get there more the latter uh i am a big fan of the nhl all-star weekend we've talked about that a lot on this podcast uh but yeah i don't know i mean the nba they had their announcement last week of who's playing or who the starters were they announced the reserves earlier this week and obviously there's you know a whole tiff of whether or not guys wanted to go or some guys wanted to play who didn't ultimately get on the the roster at least that was Tobias Harris with the Sixers but like i don't know it it, it definitely will be something we look back on and and think oh we we missed it it's kind of a bummer cuz the NHL scheduled to go to the Olympics and they don't have an all-star game when Olympics happen so we will go basically 3 years from 2020 to 2023 um with no all-star game. It's kind of like when the lockout happened and all that stuff way back when. But are the NHL players officially, are the NHL players officially going? I thought that was still up in the air now. Maybe not officially. I, f- I feel like it's one of those like worst kept secrets. Cause that's like the, the whole thing we, we can talk about Panarin in a little bit, but that's like one theory of what the, what his coach is dropping this info is that maybe it's to keep him off a Russian Olympic team. So I feel like it's, we either I'll, I'll Google this, but I feel like, I feel like it's, you know, all but official. Because for those who don't know, the last four years ago, when when they did not have uh, NHL players go, it was, I mean, it was okay, still fun, but it was it was still fun, but not the same. And and you kind of knew it the was result. hard to watch. Germany, Germany was yeah. a nice surprise, but you kind of knew the Olympic athletes from Russia, who had a bunch of former NHL players and KHL players, which is probably the best. Would you say the best non North American league out there? I mean, you have to you have to think so, right? Just yeah. with all the talent that's like, come, I know, I know, come like, from there recently, I guess. Yeah, I know. Like the some of the leagues in in like Sweden, in Finland, Germany. I, I know those are getting better, but I don't think they're KHL level yet. Right. Yeah. But regardless, anyway, um, yeah. it's yeah, you know, it's the All Star games are fun. Mainly the that whole weekend. Like last year, they had you know the women's game. They have the skills competition, which I feel like are getting more and better and better every year they've kind of found these fun extra things to do and it's always been fun so don't get me wrong that way but it will be a bummer but i, I feel like right now it's just more exciting especially with the from my angle with the flyers of they had four games moved because of covid and you know obviously some players are still on the covid list so it's just nice that they're getting back up and going so that might be why i feel a little optimistic yeah and the nhl also was they were the first to do like the fantasy draft which then the nba copied and they're you know the first to sort of to do a a different style of all-star game uh and that really has been mimicked and copied by by a league that uh is a joke to to many 
but um and the nfl the nfl did it for a little while yeah so you know it's it's yes it is it is a great unique fun experience and and trend setting if you will but anyway uh just that was just something that was running through my head you know because it's i mean it started in january but you know we're at the end of february now and and you know we're, we're still so so early in the season but we've already played 20 games right and and, and a month and a half so it's it's kind of crazy how how quickly it's gone but also you know feel like there should be an all-star break because it's when it happens typically so sure i just wanted to flip it flip it to your brain and see what uh see where you're going i think doesn't the all-star game normally happen right around the super bowl it's like the week before it when the nfl's off so it might not be always right around now february i have I had, I, had, I had the word february in there Okay. All right. Well, regardless, I think we're, we're <laughs> arguing over crazy stuff. But um, yeah, some of this is going to be fun to see. The Flyers have a two-game back-to-back in Buffalo. They play a three-game series in Pittsburgh. It's going to be cool to see. I'm excited to see like the baseball schedule, really, at least on the Flyers' end of things, really pick up. Obviously, you mentioned the West Coast because of their crazy COVID stuff. We had we talked about the seven-game series last time. It feels like the the or I guess they're the the central division, but Dallas and Florida, it feels like they've played 10 games in a row. They're still playing now. Um, so I feel like because of a lot of the, the uh, postponements, the Bru- we're getting more of the back to back to backs. Right. And the Bruins haven't even played the Sabres yet. Really? Correct. Wow. I, I didn't realize that, but yeah, the Flyers played their first game against the Rangers as their first game back from COVID. And then they played them last night. But they've played the Bruins, obviously, five times, and we can use that to move to the last weekend and how fun that was. But, it, it, yeah, it's interesting to see how that uh, how that's all going. It'll be, in terms of positioning for the playoffs, it's going to be kind of crazy. The Flyers and, and Bruins, do they play towards down the stretch? I'm trying to see what their last game is. It, the last Boston Bruins-Philadelphia Flyers game is April 10th. Oh, the day after my wedding, Greg. Ooh, a little... Uh, little fun time there but that's game 40 for the flyers so it's going to be you know there's 16 games where depending on how everything goes they could be battling for a seed and not playing each other so it will be pretty crazy to see yeah and and i mean if the flyers are still up there at that time but yeah you're right i mean it's the bruins not having played the sabers will be playing them coming down the stretch so uh you know it's not well, things bode well, I guess, uh, in that case. But also, they have very—they've only played the Capitals uh, twice or limited, so uh, and the and the Penguins as well. So the Bruins have been heavy loaded with the Flyers, and it seems every time they play the the Islanders, it's always like they play New Jersey. They'll play New Jersey day off, play New Jersey, and then immediately play the Islanders right away. And this tonight's the first night. Uh, this is Thursday, but tonight's the first night that they're playing the Islanders, like with rest, with the break. So they're losing two one after the first, but so it ruined my theory. But the idea is that you know, the Islanders are not doing well, but they're beating the Bruins. So something's going right there. But yeah, let's go back to that outdoor game, Jordy. Before we get into the details um, of the game itself, because it was a great game. Do you great think this is? Do you think this was a success um, in that? They, the NHL proved they don't need to have stadium uh, or, or fans necessarily, and they can they can have these iconic backdrops, you know, like when McAvoy scored his goal 
and the picture of from the ice level was him taking a slap shot from the point with the with the mountains in the background and yeah and the lake and everything do you think you know do you think that model was a success or do you think they're too money hungry and want the fans and etc etc no i think it's a success whether or not it's done again i feel like i feel like it will be at some point regardless of you know where we are with the pandemic going forward uh just just on the sense of the views that they had i think Obviously, we need to talk about the day before and all the stuff with the sun and the fact they moved the Flyers-Bruins game to later on. Uh, but I do think it was a success, and I think even the delay was good because it got people to talk about it. And and obviously, there's the quote of Gary Bettman talking about looking at the sun and, and all that sort of stuff. And yeah, I think the bet you know the there's no such thing as as bad publicity or whatever the phrasing is. Um, I just think the the fact that they were able to get a bunch of eyeballs on it, it seemed like a lot more casual hockey fans were watching both of these games, at least the first period of the first game, and then the Flyers-Bruins game on Sunday night, which is saying something in Philly where the Sixers were also playing, and it seemed like a number of people, granted the Sixers stunk that night and lost to the Raptors, and I think only put up like 70 points, but it seemed like a lot more people were watching the Flyers just because it's this you know, unique setting outdoors. It's like way back when they first started doing all the extra outdoors games, the stadium games, I thought the idea of them going to Dodger stadium was awesome because it's this crazy, unique idea of going to a baseball stadium in Southern California. This is the same thing. A lot of people wanted to see what the hell this was going to look like. It's on a golf course. You obviously marketed the shit out of it with the weird ASMR commercials that were playing. Uh, You had all the stuff of the different mascots, gritty snowboarding, and then he's hiding in the background as they were trying to redo the ice. You had the Golden Knight on the beach waving his sword around to the guys on the jet skis and kayaks. I I think it was pretty good. I know, obviously, they had the delay, and they wasted all the content that they wanted to use while they were waiting to get a decision, which is hilarious. And then the after-midnight start kind of stinks for an East Coaster, and, and especially when you want little kids watching, which is a lot of the point for all of this is to try to give a good product to little kids, get them interested in the sport, try to get them to play, so on and so forth. But overall, yeah, I think it was a rousing success. Yeah, I I, I just, the sun thing, it just doesn't make, like they had the capability to do it at night. Why not, why not just plan at night when it's cold, especially if you're in Nevada, like, and you mentioned California. Like, obviously it's colder, colder at night. We all know that. Why not just have it a night game? There's no fans anyways, anyway. And, you know, it's better for TV. You can see the puck. You know what's going on. Yeah, get, you, you don't get the shots of the mountain and, and et cetera, but you can get all that stuff, I don't know, at sunset in the first period. But even that first period, it was impossible for, they said, the goal is impossible for them to see. Marshawn on, on the first goal of the night, um, Pasternak's first goal said he couldn't see the net, so he was passing the whole time, and you figure – Carter Hart should see that. So, you know, why not slide over early? But yeah, it's just that, that, that sun thing was, was to me the only issue, but just cause it's Nevada and obviously you can't predict the weather, but I just think that the whole idea of not having a stadium, I think it was success and I think they should definitely do it again. But um, my opinion. So let's get into the game, Jordy, since uh, those who haven't seen Jordy's recap on, on Thunder BLG on Instagram, go ahead and yeah, check it out. Did I get it right? Thunderbox Sports on Instagram. Uh, BLG is the Twitter. Um, yeah, so the first game, for both of them, the sun was a huge factor. Obviously, it delayed it, but then the ice was like a slushy. But it, you mentioned the, the site, and the players in both games were saying that it was tough to see the puck and, and to move around. 
Uh, goalie said they had a little bit of trouble. Uh, obviously, the, the Bruins blew out the Flyers in the second one. But the first one, Colorado-Vegas, turns out to be this great game. You get a awesome McKinnon goal. And you get what I thought was one of the more interesting quotes of Eddie Olchek saying he thinks McKinnon's better than Connor McDavid. And then during the nine-hour absence, McDavid goes out, scores a hat trick. I kid around on Twitter saying I think he was listening. But um, you got to see some of the best yeah, players yeah. really go on, go off, which obviously, you know, the original outdoor, or not the original, but the start of the yearly outdoor game, the first winter classic in Buffalo had Sidney Crosby score the shootout goal. You couldn't write it any better. Um, in the snow. Yeah. In the snow. They had uh what's his face? Uh, Ty Conklin wearing the fucking toque along with Ryan Miller. Uh, you know, so I think like these guys do like to step up for it. And obviously, you know, they were as bad as the ice was. They were like, Hey, you know, we wanted to maybe try to keep playing, but they got it. Um, I did think even at night that the, the ice looked awesome. It looked a lot better, but I think the game did look awesome to, to go back to your point on, on why not just do it at night. I don't know if it was, they just didn't know. They, they thought, Oh, let's get the picturesque views. And they were afraid of what a night game looked like. But I think it was, I think that was pretty good. Um, but yeah, Vegas. If the, if if the ice didn't melt or fall apart within that Vegas Colorado game, which I know you keep trying to go back to and get away from the Bruins game, but if the ice didn't melt in that first period, I feel like that time of day would have been fine. But again, when you're in Nevada or you're going to go to these these, you know, I guess if you they were in Texas these, a year ago and it was overcast, so like that's what I mean. But it could have worked. If you're going to go, if if you're going to go, yeah, if you're going to go to warmer, typically warmer states, then. Just make it at night when it's colder, right? Yeah. Unless you're unless you're in the middle of Minnesota or like the, the Dodger East. Stadium game that was at night for a right. reason, yeah, right. And unless you're in the middle middle of a cold state, like there's no need to yeah no leave need it up to, to chance, have it in the yeah. middle of the day. Uh, right. But okay, you want you want me to to talk go back to the Flyers game? I figured we talk about McKinnon and that you no, played well. No, but the we Flyers, yeah, the Flyers got blown out. Day. The Flyers got blown out. They played like absolute dog shit. They, I talk about this on any any and all Instagram recaps, which I'm now realizing I forgot to do the one where they fucking won. I forgot to do it today. Uh, so maybe a little a little two-day late recap and, and plug this podcast. But, yeah, they, they up until last night in this Rangers win, the Flyers have been outshot so horrifically. They are the 30th, or they're ranked 30th in shots per game. They average like 28 a game. And their breakout is horrible. They try these fucking stretch passes everywhere. And you mentioned that the Flyers and Bruins have played a ton. And obviously, you know, the first couple games, there was one blowout in their second game was was the big blowout where Carter Hart broke his stick. But the Bruins are out to take advantage of this. They know David Pasternak loves fucking scoring on them and had another hat trick to win this season against the Flyers. But... When you're playing, when you have this terrible breakout, your passing is not good, and you're letting teams, and a good shooting team, one of the best scorers in the NHL, tied for the Rocket Richard last year, it was Pasternak. You, they, they're going to take advantage, and, and that bill comes due, and that's what happened. You know, the Flyers, you know, they kept it close for a while, which is a lot more than I thought they were going to do when they announced how many guys weren't going to be playing in the outdoor game. Not that I want to blame COVID for any part of it, because they could have played better. They went to a shootout against the Rangers, and you know, this isn't meant to be like a difference between the New York Rangers and the Boston Bruins, but they, you know, they got close to winning a game a couple days earlier with the, sh- you know, the taxi squad roster that they had. So it's not like they couldn't have done it. Although 
the odds were, you know, stacked against them. But yeah, that you know, it seems now like I'm it's hard for you to rile me up more because they had a really good win last night where they came it seemed like they came together as a team. It seemed like guys are kind of just playing more fundamentally sound hockey. The breakout could still be better and their defensive zone play could be a lot better. A lot of dumb penalties last night. But yeah, it, you know, it's it was tough to watch. I watched the whole thing while I was playing virtual golf, but yeah, it was uh it was at least fun to watch, fun to look at. <laughs> Picturesque views. Yeah, and and seeing the uh retros again, do you still like them? I do still like them. Oh, uh, oh and 2 with them? No, they're 1 and 2. They wore them last night. Um, they got their first win with them. They don't have to burn the jerseys. I was going to say if they lost, I was going to tweet that out. If they lost last night, they should burn the jerseys like the Phillies maroon jerseys. Never wear them again. Um, that actually happened, Greg. They were, they had, they were called Saturday night specials and they lost every game, like 10, nothing for like two weeks. And then they were like, Nope, burn these fucking things. And they never wore them again. <laughs> it's hilarious though. Cause nice. so many people have maroon Phillies jerseys and shirts that you see people wear at games. But they wore them like maybe not twice. It might be more than that. But they're like, they're like they thought these jerseys were cursed, and now they're like a fucking fan favorite selling jersey. I mean, I don't think maroons. I don't know why they would be, but yeah, whatever. It is what it is. But yeah, I mean, we don't have to talk the whole time about one game and we get back to the rest of the NHL. But um, do you do you find it? Uh, are you worried at all that as a Flyers fan, and this will be our Flyers talk, we'll wrap it up, but. Are you worried at all that the team that is the team that you'll have to beat to get to, to or the Flyers have to beat, excuse me, to actually make it uh, anywhere deep in the playoffs? That being the Boston Bruins, the Flyers are are zero and five against. Does that does that bother you? I find it hilarious. You, I should say. I find it hilarious going forward? that they have seven losses and five of them are against the Bruins. I think that's hysterical, <laughs> but uh, you know, you know what it feels like to me? It feels like in major league, how, you know, they have the whole montage in the movie of them getting better. They have the, you know, the Willie Mays Hayes is, is nailing the, the gloves onto the wall. They're stripping off the pieces of the dress. Uh, if you've never seen the movie, go watch it. Great movie. Um, but then they, they, at one point, even though they're playing better, they go to New York and they get blown out by the Yankees. So they're still way, not nearly as good as, as the team, and then, then it's the end. That's what I'm hoping this is. This is the real-life version of that, this ragtag group of taxi squad dudes, this young goalie who, you know, he lets it out every once in a while despite being the coolest guy in the room most of the time. You, know, you got fucking Claude Giroux. You got Gritty's cousin, Jake Voracek. You got Kevin Hayes, who's just chirping all the time, wondering why it's baked but not naked. I don't know if you saw that sound clip. So yeah, that's what it feels like. It feels like... They're the the Cleveland baseball team. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say the the nickname from the movie. Playing the New York Yankees in the the movie Major League. Hmm. I don't necessarily love that analogy because that that's why I'm using it is because I want. That's why I'm using it is because I wanted to compare the it to the Yankees? Yankees. Yeah. However, however, not my team. I don't own them. However, <laughs> um, you know, maybe they're just maybe they're just saving. They're getting all their losses out of the way now. You know. Yeah, you know, everybody gets a blow-up pole. They've gotten a couple blow-up like, poles early. Back nine, they like come said, alive. It's like me in golf. Like you said, they, they've had COVID issues all year, and hopefully by, by the time playoffs come around, we'll have a, had enough of their key guys have COVID that they'll be recovered and, and uh, 
you know, won't be uh, uh, compromised or, or exp- open to exposure, if you will, um, coming down the stretch. But anyway, Jordy, let's move on to the rest of the NHL. Um, I feel like a story that we have to talk about is the Florida Panthers who and the Dallas Stars, both teams did not start the season regularly just because of COVID and, and the Stars started late and the Panthers started and then stopped for a while. And one of the teams, the Florida Panthers, are atop their division, uh, including ahead of Tampa Bay. Granted, they played one more game and only a point ahead, but still ahead of Tampa Bay, ahead of Carolina. And one of the teams, Dallas, who went to the Cup last year and we all three of us had them making the playoffs, uh, are at the bottom only only – three points ahead of Detroit. Uh, so is this, is this a Dallas hasn't played the games? That's why they don't have the points or is this a, are we concerned for Dallas? Is Florida legit? What, what are we thinking here? So this is the Florida that we thought they were going to be like a year and a half ago when they first signed Bobrovsky. And it's not even Bobrovsky. that's playing great goalie for him. But these are like these young guys, Huberto, Mackenzie Weger, all these different dudes are like clicking and they're firing. As for Dallas, it's probably that they haven't played enough games. They have a plus seven goal differential, which means their defense is there. You know, I think their like their first game actually was like a seven nothing win. So like, they're thirty seven to thirty seven outside of that. So like, they're just not scoring enough. I don't think. And in this division where you have a lot of high flying teams that are scoring out the wazoo, and teams that you weren't necessarily thinking would be high scoring teams because they were super young, like the Blackhawks. Or Florida, who we kind of gotten used to this team that just stunk. Like, last year in the playoffs, they were terrible. Um, and Tampa Bay, Carolina, obviously, we, we knew what we were getting out of them. So it's probably it's something like that of these two styles of play. Nashville, a team that always had played that, is in a similar situation, although their defense has gone completely to shit. Um, but I, I'm going to say it's games played and not, not there. It's a cup hangover or whatever you want to call it. You think that there's something to be said about uh, the fact that they actually have to play the Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay, and and uh, Lightning, Carolina, Columbus. They're playing these good teams now that they didn't necessarily have to play before, and and it's for sure hurting them because Tampa Bay. I mean, Tampa Bay, Carolina, Columbus, all playoff teams, right? Florida obviously has all that talent, so. I know, I know Detroit, Nashville, and Chicago. I mean, Chicago's out, out playing their coverage yet again or out playing the, the other predictions yet again this year. But, um, you know, the other, the at least the traditionally East teams that, that Dallas doesn't normally play in the regular season, now having to see them all the time, is this where a team like Dallas who skates through their conference and makes the playoffs and because they're a bigger physical team beats up on teams in the West but then goes up against these Eastern Conference teams that are just – physical all year like the Bruins and, and Lightning and Flyers and, and Capital Central up and down the entire East. Do you think that we're seeing this, this trend more and more with these East, these West teams just getting beat up on by those East teams? Maybe. I mean, there's obviously injuries at play too. Jamie Benn's out, Tyler Sagan's out, so I think that's a big part of it. Like, two of your leaders, your captain, they're hurt. Um, but I don't know. It's, it's definitely something where like, I'm looking at this right now. They had five straight losses. Three of them were in overtime or a shootout. Like, it just seems like in these games that it, it does stay low scoring, that, like, they're doing their job defensively. But then, if you know, if they have to continue to catch up, 
it just doesn't work out for them. I mean, they did have a 4-3 loss, so they did at one point score three goals. They won 3 nothing last night. But I feel like it's just such a system team that if you kind of figure that out where maybe it's because of the the Islanders' success, so if you're, you know, to go to your East theory and teams kind of figuring that out and we're seeing it with the Islanders this year. But I think in this, this shortened season where there's so many back-to-backs and so many games, you're seeing teams so many times, maybe that's why both teams are not having as much success because you kind of – you can figure it out of the that back half of a of a series of knowing how to get around you know what if it's a formation type of thing or whatever the the system is to get through that because Columbus is certainly struggling too, and they're you know they're a system team with torts. Yeah, and you could argue that Columbus also uh, you know having gone to that Pierre Luc Dupont and now you know going through the the line A transition and and figuring that whole thing out. There's something to be said about that process taking time and, and almost, uh, hurting them with, with how slow that, that seems to be developing. Yeah, but been, he's been firing for the blue jackets. I, no, I know what my, my larger point is that, that one game. My larger point is that, you know, they, again, they, they started the year with everyone talking about pure Luke blah. And now, you know, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're the minus 10 goal differential. They're still trying to figure out their identity with, the guys they have, you know, they don't have that same ramp up. Like the Bruins and Flyers, everyone in the East knows who they are. Well, not everyone, but the top teams in the East knows who, know who they are. The Tampa Lightning know what type of team they are. You know, it's, there's that when you get it, when you lose one guy and you get a new superstar, it's sort of re, reinventing uh, your identity, if you will. And I know Torts is famous for doing that, but anyway, um, just something I was thinking about. But yeah, so so Jordy, staying in that Central Division. Surprised by Chicago, not surprised by Chicago. They're getting uh, Kirby Dak back soon, right? So what what, what do you think is going on there? Uh, definitely surprised by it. I mean, the fact that this team is 7-2-1 and one in the month of February, and it's just igniting the lamp left and right and is staying in games. I mean, this is a team that I was not convinced would keep up with scoring. I mean, they have Kane, who's doing just incredible things like he you know like he should as a number as a former number one overall pick but Debrinket's having a really good year Kubalik who came out in the playoffs and and was firing against the Oilers and did really well there he's following that up with an incredible year so far and then you have these other guys too you have they have two more guys at 10 points Dylan Strom and Philip Kurvachev Kurvachev they're right there too so it's it's just a full team effort and it's fun to see this this team do it but they're goaltending this this Lankinen guy is awesome. We talked about it last time with Mark, but he he's firing on all cylinders, and it's you know it came kind of out of nowhere. But they're uh you know they're in a really good spot and, and kind of they weren't I don't think intending to, to rebuild on the fly, but they're in a position where they're they're pretty exciting and in a division that we thought was going to be super top heavy and then kind of figure out the rest. You know, it's a nice surprise to to go against that green. We think. Uh... Taze is coming back anytime soon, or uh, have we got any more light on that? Yeah, I, was I, don't, say, I don't think we've got sure an we update. Haven't. I'm sure we haven't, but I, I was just, you know, you were talking about it, and, and it just amazes me, you know, like they're doing this all without even him, you know, yeah. and and that's that's another piece of the puzzle that's just like, you know, what are we doing here? It's just impressive that they, you know, there's this clip that they're on, but um, anyway, uh, yeah, I mean. Anything else from from the central before we move on to uh, we'll go north or west? Um, the 
only thing I would say, um, it's kind of surprising that I don't know. It's uh, we're kind of we're we talked about Florida. I yeah, I think um, the fact that Tampa has only, it seems like they've only gone to or they've only gone to two overtimes with their plus twenty three goal differential. I feel like that'll probably change soon. We t- I talked about it a little bit in the first one we did after the season started, maybe last week with Mark. But I feel like the concept of, of regulation wins and how much overtime is going to play a factor in this is going to eventually catch up. So I feel like that's, that's something, I don't know. That's, that's kind of a dumb fact, but um, I don't know. It's just interesting that they're, they're so good at, you know, within the first 60 minutes Tampa is. Yeah. And I mean, Tampa, I feel like is, I mean, we knew who they were, right. They're always going to be that team. If you will, that's sort of their, I mean, we, I don't want to say it, it, we knew, but they, to me, were always going to dominate this division. They, to me, were always going to be the cream of the crop, and and they certainly did not lose a beat or have not lost a beat since last year. And and I mean, again, and this is without their their top goal scorer from the year before, right? And that's even more scary to think about. Um, granted, a, a full season of, of Stamkos is helping, you know, replacing one with the other, but you know, get it's scary to think how much better this team would be um, at full, full strength, full health, if you will. And that's, you know, that's the impressive part. Right. And they're getting some, some good play from, from uh, their backup goaltender. You know, they're not relying on Vasilevsky like they have in years past where they just played him into the ground. So yeah, Curtis McElhinney. all around it. Yeah. I think all around they're, they're much better than, than normal, if you will, uh, than how they normally do things. But, I find it kind of crazy, and this is just more of a social commentary, of that they, they've they had three games moved because of COVID, but it's from the other teams. And we saw the, the parade in Tampa. We've heard all the crazy stuff with COVID in Tampa. The fact that they haven't gotten it yet is kind of nuts to me. They also were effects, affected by the winter storm, it appears. They were supposed to play a couple games in Dallas last week. I knew their, uh, what's it called, their games against... Uh, the Predator or the Predators Stars games got moved because the winter storm, but the fact that Tampa and they they have fans in their stadium, I forgot about that too. Them and the the Panthers, the Panthers have forty five hundred people in one game. That's crazy to me. Wow. But they haven't had any games moved because of COVID or the, with them getting COVID. I mean, yeah, and and I mean, it's it's, I mean, that's a larger political thing um, in terms of you know. Uh, Florida hasn't been shut down at all, and, and New York was, and they have similar rates of COVID throughout the, the whole pandemic. And Rangers it's, and Islanders getting fans, thing. and the Devils. Uh, the, the, they just announced today that um, that Massachusetts is getting as well. So That's awesome. It's, uh, yeah, I mean. The Flyers well, and Sixers again. have put in a request to the, to the governor to see if they can. Yeah. And the Phillies no, have I mean, too. Hopefully. hopefully the Phillies do. If everyone else is, hopefully they can. Yeah. Uh yeah, I agree. So like there's the the Mets are playing the Phillies uh, a certain weekend in uh Ooh. in April. Ooh. That uh that'd be a good time. Anyway, um anyway, what I was again yeah, I mean good teams don't get COVID, I guess, right? I mean yeah, veteran I guys know how to <laughs> veteran guys know how to stay out of it and I mean, maybe the Flyers should take a. What about the Capitals? Russian COVID. 
We talked I about mean, the Russian COVID. They all got it. <laughs> did they get it or, or did they have it before and they got suspended by the league? I don't know. Russian COVID. Crazy Russia. Um, no, let's no, go they, West. No, no, no. No, no. They got... They, they didn't have it. They got suspended by the league and because they were sitting in a hotel room together. They didn't have it. Okay. Well, you're saying veteran leadership. Ovechkin, who... One of the better players in the league. One of the consummate professionals. You know, with his fucking Russian... I, I must break you. Stare and, and all this. You know. He... He's a... He's a good guy. This is this is where Jared would remind you that he... He crosses the sauce. As he, <laughs> as he quotes... He quotes another podcast that, yeah, that he, and he tries to be original. He tries to be original. No free <laughs> ads, Jordy. Uh, Mark Mark always gives him a shout out, so I feel like that's a, an homage to Mark to say spit and chiclets. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, yeah, let's move on. Let's go. West, let's go. Jordy. Yeah, let's go west. Um, are we? The only shocker is the Kings be, still up here that they're actually firing all, on all cylinders. The rest of this division, obviously Colorado, they had a bunch of games suspended. I feel like that's why they're sitting two points out right now. Minnesota's right there. I'm not totally shocked that Minnesota is like just around 500, you know, where they're at. Um, but the Kings have to be the, the big story here, right? The Kings for sure. I mean, we, we going into the year, uh, the three of us had Vegas, St. Louis, Colorado, which I assume virtually everyone had. Uh, I had Minnesota, and I feel like you guys had uh, Arizona or, or San Jose or someone. I had, but I had Arizona. I think Mark had – I think he had Minnesota as well. Um, anyway, but the, the larger point is you're right. The, the, the surprise of L.A., uh, the Kings right now is – is uh, I mean, they're rebuilding right on the fly, I guess. Yeah, they're rebuilding the on the fly. Chicago. Same thing with Chicago. Oh, Mark and, and had the Kings. They... Oh. Oh. Mark called it. All right. Yeah. I think he's not here, so we don't, we don't have to give him credit because he's not in the pod. But um, <laughs> the thing I'm most excited about, Trevor Zegers. Finally yeah, I was going to say, it's either that or, last night. Or, or Zegers making his debut with uh, with the Ducks, which you might as well at this point. You know, they, first game they're... first game last night had an unreal, uh, un, unreal shootout goal. Did he? I haven't seen it. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, he uh, he did well. He yeah. So anyway, um, I mean Vegas, no surprise. Least amount of games, most amount of points. St. Louis, I feel like just because they played so many games, that's why they they have so many points. I feel like they might. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're ten about, and ten. Yeah, the, St. Yeah, Louis is a good one to talk Saint, about because that they're, they're talk, they yeah, are they're ten and ten. They're scoring a ton, but their defense, that kind of gritty attitude that they had when they won the Stanley Cup, like, I feel like it's not there. I feel like this is a team that, like, if you really press them, like, granted, like, we saw a lot of them playing the um, the Coyotes. So they, they had that, too, of, like, they play, the, you know, this other playoff team, and they all really got to see a lot of each other. But I don't know. I feel like good, like good forwards, like, I feel like this team going up against a Vegas or a Colorado in a seven-game series, like, they don't have that physical attitude that they did when they won the cup. Like, I feel like McKinnon. Yeah, I mean, you replace you, you replace Petra, uh, Petrangelo with, with Krug, and, and when you lose, uh, they played Arizona five in a row, when you, or six in a row, and when you lose. Seven in a row. The, they the lost the series. Yeah. Yeah, when, yeah when, exactly. When you lose that. that three in a five row, too. Was it five two they lost? Or no, the, it was four the, three. The it, it, it went seven but games, the, but uh, they were up three. But the larger point. Bullet. Yeah, the, the larger point is that Arizona is not necessarily a team that people considered, uh, and they were fringe at best at making the playoffs. So, 
you know, if you're St. Louis, you're you're kind of kicking yourself. Granted, Arizona doesn't is a is a much more of a skilled team, and they don't necessarily they're faster than St. Louis, right? St. Louis doesn't necessarily have the speed to keep up with a team like Arizona. So, I feel like that's St. Louis' biggest downfall right now is they like you're saying they're a little bit of identity identity crisis because they lost some of that physicality that that won them the cup a couple of years ago, and, and they just don't know where to go from here. I mean, who is LA play that they they had an easier schedule? Is that why they're so high up? Or, you know, uh, LA's like, last two wins are against the Blues. Yeah, well, there you go. Maybe the Blues are maybe the Blues are just frauds. Can we use the F word? You want you want to use the F word? Um, yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how this continues to go. I it'd be fun to see the Kings kind of pull their way back into it when nobody was expecting it, especially with like this veteran lineup with some youth in there. Um, like Jeff Carter's firing on all cylinders. It feels like Dustin Brown's back. It's uh, it's I mean, just exciting to got, see. You got uh, six in a row, six in a row, and uh, for the for the Kings wins in Minnesota, Arizona, 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 St. Louis. So, uh, I mean, Arizona, St. Louis. I, we don't really know who they are because they only really play each other. And and I mean, the Kings with Quick and and Peterson, the, the two of them doing well holding down the Kings really struggled out of the gate and struggled uh, to start the season, but they've certainly turned around now. And I mean, is it something similar that we're talking about um, with the blues and in that, in that 10, 10 schedule, I feel like the Kings are, are what nine and they're, yeah, they're nine, nine and nine. So it's, so it's the same sort of deal, but 21 points, you know, three overtime losses, still three overtime losses. So yeah, that's, that's better than, than three regular um Regular game losses, but I wonder. I wonder if they're the same same boat. You know, one of these two teams is a fraud. Yeah, some, uh, something's gonna give. But I feel like it, it. You know, you mentioned six games in a row, huge wins there. They played Vegas a ton, and Vegas is kind of beat up on them, like you like you kind of expect Vegas to. Um, but it's gonna be fun to see that this division's a lot more exciting than I thought. I mean, even the first couple episodes we've done this season, we're like, oh yeah, Vegas is ahead. Colorado, you know, they have COVID, but they're right there. And, you know, the fact that these other teams are hanging in there and, and kind of getting after, at least getting after the Blues, is at least nice to see. You know, the, the Sharks are five points out of a playoff spot, but they're they're yeah. getting exciting. Their games aren't boring, I'll put it that way. I mean, even even Anaheim, you know, they're, they're I mean, they're, what, seven points? Quick they're, math. Uh, they're no, they're five points out of out of first place, seven points out of or at seven points out of first place, five points out of a playoff spot. So right, so right every, everyone's still in it, which is which is great. And and I mean, realistically, going into the year, I thought it was going to be Vegas, Colorado. So the fact that like you said, everyone's sticking around it, again it could be because it's early, but Colorado has the most amount of points and, and the least amount of games. So or sorry, uh, Vegas uh, most amount of points, least amount of games. So. You got to give Vegas some credit there. They're they're stacked, and Petrangelo is just taking them to a whole new level. Oh yeah, uh, and 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 it looks like uh, looks like Jared's favorite goalie is is back to his old ways, and and you know, really really motivated this year to to prove something, and so far he has. So uh, interesting to see how that's going, Jordy. Anything else in the West before we wrap it up and move on up? No, we you covered it. I mean, Vegas. Yeah, I think the other part of it is that. They've become this defensive team of that they've played. Oh, granted, they only played sixteen games, but they've they're allowing just over two goals a game, and they're only scoring three goals a game, 
know, this is a team that you think of Mark Stone, you think of Pacioretty, you think of um, Marshall Show hasn't been as dominant as he was that first year in Vegas, but still a prolific goal scorer, same with Carlson. And, and this team isn't, you know, they're only scoring three goals a game. This is a team that you think might be a three and a half, four goals a game type of team. Yeah, I mean, that's the the, the offense isn't there, but they've made up for their defense. Oh, the defense has been feel awesome, like, yeah. And I, I feel like they went after that model because of, I mean, you look at the last two teams that won the Cup, uh, you know, I mean, St. Louis defense, uh, Tampa had both, but realistically it was their defensive play by their defense ahead men in particular, but also their forwards that really And helped, your boy, uh, Pogosian. Ultimate pickup, exactly, and they played seven D, right? They that, yeah. that was their that was the big thing. They played seven D, even the Capitals uh, throughout, throughout yeah. the playoffs. So Holpe had the incredible run, and and Ovechkin played really good two way hockey in that run three years ago. So that's a big part. I mean, it's part right. of how they got pa- past Pittsburgh, right? So so maybe Vegas is like, all right, well, we we've made it to the doorstep, and and we've gotten so far, but to make the hump, we need to. And they went out and got a big time D man, and and switch up some style and did that but uh i mean they're primed especially with that division they're primed to to make it to that final four stage if you will um I, division champions I would, yeah i would like to say that colorado would give them a run for their money but i mean at this point it's it's hard to bet yeah. against them um but you know again we're only 20 games in so long season yeah we'll have to see how it goes um but yeah let's go north canadian division the Oilers are right there. But wait, the, wait, wait. We have to start. We have to start with the huge news. We made it this far of the podcast. And we haven't talked about the 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 only news or the biggest news in the NHL. Which news? Claude Julian getting fired. You're right. Yes, Claude Julian has been let go from his job as the Montreal Canadiens head coach. Uh, another team sitting right there at nine and nine, having played eighteen games. Some people. So I feel like I've, weren't shocked right. by this. Was this something that we like should have known that he was going to get fired soon? Well, it's just funny. Uh, well, so the, I don't know, the GM or the president of hockey yeah, space was like last season, we went through a couple down, you know, we had a couple uh, losing streaks last season and, you know, you could blame injury, but he was like this year we have a losing streak and there's nothing to blame. So, he basically was, was putting it all on Claude for, for the team underperforming, if you will, uh, last year and this year. So maybe they wanted to get rid of him. Um, but, I, I I mean, maybe it's because they want to be more of an offensive team. But I just – what was it? We were talking about this team as, as um, a uh, – what's the I'm looking for? A contender, right? We, we were yeah. – two weeks into the season, they were they were – tops and we we're like oh the biggest surprise this is unreal like what's going on and now we're we're sitting here they fired their coach they're you know you, one could argue that it appear to be in disarray like what, what do we think is going on here i don't know but in terms of offense so it's wild and we probably should point this out of how granted canada has also played by far all these teams have played the most games they have five of their seven teams have played more than 20 games Vancouver's played 23. Uh, Montreal has only played 18 games, has 61 goals, which is tied for fourth in the Canadian division, but is tied with a number of other teams in America that really outside of the central division, which has had their share of cancellations, 
Not a lot of teams are at 60. They're tied with Tampa Bay, a team that we were talking about before, offensive juggernaut. They have less goals than Carolina, more than more than Columbus, tied with Chicago, more than St. Louis. Um, and then, I mean, I mean, here's 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 the thing, right? They've played three game, three less games than Edmonton, who's in second place right now. And if they if they if they were to win all three of those games that they that they difference from Edmonton, they're they jump they jump Edmonton. So yeah. it just like I get where the shot comes from, but I feel like this was I don't know I like everyone everyone no one's surprised because I feel like it's not that it's a long time coming, but it it just feels like they didn't want Claude because Claude plays a different style than than they want. I don't I mean maybe I don't know. And and Mont and. Toronto, my my cup pick, is just a juggernaut, and they had they that's who they played the last couple of games. And granted, they lost the Senators, so maybe two in a row to the Senators, so maybe that's why they were like, "All right, you're out of here. You can't lose the Senators twice, three times on the year, if you will." So, you know, maybe that's, that's why they like, yeah, that's fair. Kick the bucket, but um, you know, it's it's tough because you, you. I would love to know what the players are thinking in the locker room. I'd love to know where they go from here but that to me has to be i mean like i said they're 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 three they're three less games in edmonton and they're only uh four points down so it, the timing seems strange to me because they're definitely a playoff team if, if the season continues the way it's going for them i don't know it feels like it could be some sort of like how pittsburgh did it twice fired it fired it and then they went on a run won two stanley cups from it St. Louis, obviously, when they hired Barubi. I'm not saying the Canadians are going to go out and win the Stanley Cup, but you're right that they could, like, go out and make some noise by making the playoffs just like how they did last year. They're a team that have a good goalie who's played very well in a division that's scoring a bajillion goals. Like, they're not they're, they're not completely out of it. Jeff Petrie's having an incredible season and could be a Norris finalist if he keeps playing that way, especially, again, in the highest-scoring division in hockey. Being a good defenseman is such a premium and it's something that these other teams the Leafs have the most wealth of it having Morgan Riley and a number of different dudes Kapanen and and whatnot but like the Oilers certainly need help there and they've had some really good goalie play recently but if the goaltending slides a little bit you know who are you looking at in in Edmonton to really shut things down so I feel like I don't know it, it just seems kind of crazy that your system and and whatnot is how you're gonna sever it i don't know but uh i don't know didn't they also fire their last coach kind of out of nowhere and then hired him as soon as he got fired by the bruins i'm pretty sure they hired him mid-season and yeah. he turned it around and they went to the play, something like that uh, my next question not to completely switch topics but my next question you mentioned carrie price is he i know he's i know he's great i know he's he's been great but is he like? Were they just bad? That's why he hasn't been talked about as one of the best. Like, what has he had a resurgent resurgence this year, or is it they just weren't good? So he wasn't talked about as as. Or Jake Allen is such a good backup that they can sit Carey Price more. Like, because I feel like Jake Allen's have, has is having a better year. Uh, Statistically, you know, yes. Two point one. Yeah. So, what what do you think is going on? With Carey Price, is is it resurgence or is the team finally good again? So he's talked about again. I feel like it's more the latter. I mean, this is a guy who, you know, Montreal yeah, he's a was great goalie. Don't get me wrong. Montreal was like they went from being really good 
to then really bad. They had that one year where they started off, they were like 20 points ahead of everybody in the Atlantic division and at Christmas and then just like fell off a fucking ledge after the new year. Um, I feel like also he's been injured a bunch. So I feel like that probably is part yeah. of it of like, he like hasn't won the Vesna, So he isn't like, or he has, but he hasn't won it recently. So like you have the Vasileskis of the world, you, you know, all these other guys. I feel like too, just being in Montreal and, and being in a Canadian market where we've talked about it before of just NBC, not showing as many Canadian teams that they sh- probably should. And they're nationally broadcasted games. Connor McDavid, you know, we don't get to see a ton of them on, on the American network. So I feel like that's a big part of it. So, you know, maybe, I don't know. Yeah. And they, and, and I mean, in terms of their players, they, they have the veteran, they have the young, they have, you know, they have sort of the right mix. They have some solid defensemen as well. They have the right mix to do things and, and they're right there. And maybe, I don't know, maybe they're comparing themselves to, to Toronto, which is just a silly move because Toronto, it just show it just goes to show you how good Tampa, Boston, and Toronto have been the last four or five years because Toronto finally gets out of that division and in 21 games has 32 points, right? Yeah. And you look at Boston and the stacked division they have, and they're still at the top of that division, right? And and by by the time they play 21 games, they'll probably just as met, have as many points, if not more, than Toronto and Tampa. Same thing. They, they have played one more game than the Bruins, have one more point than the Bruins, but the same sort of deal. By the time they, they get to 21 games, they'll have the same, if not more points than, than Toronto as well. It, it just makes that the last three years of, of that division, you know, just puts it even more of a, on a map of, of how good and how difficult that division was. And, and those teams, like, having to play each other in the first round just goes to show you, like, what those teams could have done if they didn't have to play each other in the first round. Like imagine if Toronto, Boston and Tampa all had cakewalks in the first round instead of having to play each other. And then the next round, you know, they, they get, they meet each other later on. And and as opposed to playing like Boston played Tampa or Boston played Toronto first round. Then they go up against uh, Columbus who just beat up on, on Tampa, you know, and then they have the easy game against, Carolina versus you, you'd want to start out easy and get harder as it goes, right? That way you're ready for the cup. But yeah, I'm a big, I'm anyway. a big, uh, you know, I'm a big one to 16 reseed twice. That's why I think yeah. hockey and basketball yeah. should do. Um, anyway, back, back to the North, um, but on the, anything Leafs, else, I mean, yeah, I think, well, yeah. offensively, obviously they've been just a complete juggernaut. Austin Matthews. I mean, basically says goal and the puck goes in. Um, Marner's having an incredible year. Morgan Riley's been awesome. I feel like this is just you, finally like everybody's getting it going and they're you think completely it was, do you buzzing. think it was the smartest yeah sorry to cut you off do you think it was the smartest decision ever to put uh Marner Matthews and 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 uh Joe Thornton together oh it's a great it's a, such a great line they're like do, do, I feel like I feel like that was just the absolute smartest decision they could have had because Joe Thornton, all he needs to do is dominate down low, which is yeah. what those two guys need. They have the speed to get out and run, and Joe can be the third guy in, no problem. But if the puck goes in the corner and there's battle down low, he sit, he goes, gets it. Marner sits in the slot. Matthew sits in the slot. You know, they can go yeah. get their own puck, but they have that veteran body, huge guy now to go get it. And it allows Tavares and Nylander to stay together. It allows Spezza and, and your boy Wayne Train to, to be on that third and and 
you know, third line and dominate fourth line, whatever their hitting line, if you will. Uh, on defense, Jordy, look who they got. Zach Bogosian. Your boy. He said. And then this kid Hyman, who who played with Matthews and Marta when when Joe Thorne was out, he's yeah. he's not, he's really good too. So, I, I mean, they have the makings of of. I mean, I'm glad I picked them as as the team to win because they are proving me right. If as as it stands now, I I still don't know. Freddie playing Freddie Anderson sixteen out of out of the, the twenty one games, games yeah. is just it's hard to do to a goalie and, and Freddie Anderson to me has always been their biggest question mark. I know they love him up there, but uh, I don't know that he's a cup winning goalie, um, which is, which is pretty rude to say about someone, but 16 out of 21 games for your starting goalie. Yeah, I don't I mean, know if that's sustainable. I don't Hutchinson know if that's sustainable. Campbell, I mean, they've, they've only played in five games combined four and one. Um, I don't know. You know, we'll have to see how that goes. I mean, I feel like with this Canadian division, we're, I think this is not – it may not necessarily be the the final four we get, especially with what just happened in Montreal. But, like, Vancouver, it seems like a lost cause. Ottawa's basically a fucking AHL team. Calgary, can't like, they can't get consistency rude. going. That was so rude. That was so rude. Was, I'm recycling that take from Mark. You clearly did not listen to the last episode. Um, <laughs> I did listen. To that. I, I did listen, but I didn't have a chance. I didn't have a mouthpiece to say it was rude then, so I, <laughs> I, I, I'm saying it now because it's so rude. Say so, I'll say something you, about, about the Ottawa Senators. Stunzel, Stencil, however you pronounce the German kid's name, awesome. So much fun to watch. Brady Kachuk, so much fun Brady to Kuch- watch. Oh, yeah, Brady Kachuk. Oh, yeah. Brady Kachuk is giving his Brady, Brady Kachuk's giving a, his brother a run for money of, of who's the more fun Kachuk brother to watch. I don't know. Matthew's been fucking lighting it up. But the same thing. But on that note of the Flames, they like their defense is just horrendous. Where their offense, like some nights it's firing on all cylinders, they're scoring four or five goals. Other nights they're just putting up duds. Like I don't know, like who needs to like shake them to be like score? Just you know, you're good, Johnny Hockey. Kachuk, whomever, score, Sean Monaghan, go, go, put the puck in the yeah, net. But, yeah, but at the same time, you can say about anything, you're allowed to have a night off, like, you're allowed to have or a so. couple nights off, like, but not, at, like some, to me, at some point, Jordy, at some point, at some point, you have to win hockey games with defense, right? At, sure. At, like, like the, the Flyers, are they going to outscore teams every game? No, but no. you have to win hockey games with defense. The Bruins, do they outscore teams? Every right. game, no. You, Greg, have my point is, you have to win. Greg, Greg my point about those. the Flames is that they have less goals than the Senators, a team I just called a minor league team. So they need to step it up a little bit. <sighs> I get it. You're right. Yeah. Right. You know what? <laughs> I'll give you – I'll concede that, however uh, – Granted, they played one less the, game than Ottawa, but still. In order, for the, in order for the Flames to make that step, they need – they the same problem they had last time. They yeah, need, no, no, no. It's, it's a larger <laughs> issue. I just I like I like a lot of the Flames players. And I want to see them continue to play. I'd like to see them in the playoffs. That's all I'm getting at. So then the the next issue, or the North, if you will, uh, we go to Vancouver. Is it too early to say they're done, or are you ready to say they're done? They're not making the playoffs. No, they're not making the playoffs. The rest of the division is so far ahead of them and, and looks so much better. Like. This is something where, and I'm reminded of this because I watched a bunch of Trade Tree videos today, of, like, do they start thinking of, like, trying to to get some ROI on, like, a JT Miller, on a 
Holtby if a team really needs a goalie. I know they just synced him to a, a fairly big deal, but like try to get some some sort of trade out there to like get some get some ROI on some of these investments that just aren't hidden hitting so far, and maybe they just need to. You know, those guys need to change the scenery. Like, a you know, Flyers trading Christopher Stieg um, is the one that I mean, immediately comes to mind because it's the last trade tree I watched. But, like, if they trade it, like, even if it's just, like, minor deals of moving a guy like a, like, I don't think they trade Jordy Ben, but he only has six points in 17 games. That's a, you'd expect him to have a higher clip there. Nate Schmidt, a guy who you thought was going to, you know, a huge signing for Vancouver, five points, dash one on his plus minus there. I don't know. Like, is that something that you think let's just pack it up and send some of these veterans away, get some draft picks or some you know, younger guys go that way? I think, no, I think cause the, the like Besser, Hughes, Miller, their top guys are producing. It's the third and fourth lines and like, like granted Louis Erickson got hurt, but it's the third and fourth lines, the Gaudettes and, and, Russell's and, and Beagle, those lines need to produce more than they are, right? If if if, if Quinn Hughes is your is your leading assist man, I mean, granted, defenseman can be a leading assist man now, but you need to have an offensive guy be, you know, you need to have your forwards be the primary point getters. I mean, Quinn Hughes is minus thirteen, right? It's not sustainable to have a top defenseman playing the minutes he's playing being that minus. And you just need the third and fourth line to step up and provide some, some, something different than what they're getting. Because if you're a top heavy team, especially in the Canadian division, especially with Winnipeg who grinds teams out, uh, Montreal grinds teams out, Toronto, obviously top to bottom they're they're coming at you every single line. Uh, Edmonton, obviously, they have they have their their line set. You need to have one through four, and they just they only have one and two, if that. So yeah, that's a really good. Point. I think it's a large. I, I think it's a larger issue of their of their their line, their wing pairs, etc. But no, that's a really good point. Yeah, depth is definitely. I think they're uh, done. Yeah, oh well, yeah, they're definitely done. That's not a question. Um, it's just it's. Well. It is for the sake of arguing. They're only four points out. Montreal just fired their coach. Calgary can't get consistent, but like, I don't think they're gonna they're gonna rebound this well. Um, they're fucking eight and fifteen in their actual record, and they've played the most games. That's the thing. They've played the most games, so that it's just a yeah. it's a large uphill battle yeah. to fight. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then you yeah. know it, the division is you mentioned it's top heavy. There's a lot of depth there. Um, but yeah, it's uh it's gonna be fun to see Canada get uh that that division heat up more because it'll probably stay the same but i feel like Ed- edmonton at m- some point may close that gap a little bit and and i don't know it, there's a lot of fun storylines in here despite it starting to uh solidify their their top four i feel like i think vancouver makes a run yeah they probably may get some sort of excitement there most teams do that aren't you know aren't actively tanking you know they they have some sort of nice little little run in there and and you know i don't close. think they sell either i know you said this i don't think they sell no i'm just I theorizing I, i'm not i uh like how do you how do you kind of pick up the pieces and move on they you know they could just say it's a lost year and then go back to the drawing board in in the fall for 2021 2022 to go that way you know so we'll see have they moved have they moved up the drafts or the sorry the trade deadline? 
teams actually or guys can actually quarantine if they are traded before the, so they can like play before the playoffs or no we looked at this it's like a month before the the playoffs because we talked it was right after line a got traded we were trying to figure out if he got traded at deadline day how long would it what would have happened uh it's like a month before it yeah gotcha so then let's move to the famed east jordy let's do it let's go to our we at least talked about our teams at the stop but or at the start we talked about the flyer yeah we talked about the flyers for sure we talked about the bruins you talked about them fucking dominating um but they've looked good Yeah, I mean, the thing, it's the same thing that scares me, right? I mean, Krejci's out right now. Um, he's going to miss a couple, t- a couple, or I guess another week or two. But it's it's they're relying on their special teams right now and and the first line, and that's scary. And and as we've learned, not sustainable moving forward. They need alternative second line scoring. Nick Ritchie, who was a bust last year. Coming over in a trade now this year is a goal machine for whatever reason to start the season. So they're getting it a little bit, but they need they still need that second line guy. You know, go out and get a Crosby. <laughs> go out and get a. Could you get imagine? A, get a, So when I had to say it because when when Crosby's name first got out there, like oh the the pen, that oh, that's why the GM left because the hockey app wants to fire. Uh, Crosby, blah blah blah. Um, he, everyone was like, "All right, well, Marshawn Bergeron and Crosby played together in the Olympic on the Canadian team. They're scheduled to play together next year for the Canadian team. That way, Pops not can go with Krejci, and now they have now they have two lines that are scoring and blah blah blah. And it's like <laughs> obviously a pipe dream, but also I don't. The Bruins would have to part with McAvoy, and they would have to part with all their their young talent to get a guy like Crosby at this point." Yeah, it would be a future for. It would be a lot. I'm laughing at a guy like him. I mean, can we talk about those rumors though? Like, you're talking about the Penguins, who, as it stands right now, are are in the playoffs or tied for the playoffs, uh, and they're talking about trading their either one of their two best players, Crosby or Malkin. Like, what are we what are we doing here, Jordan? I need, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. I need someone to explain this to me. So I don't know if it's something where like if this team something happens, they fall off a cliff, they you know aren't right in the mix, like which I don't see happening. The Rangers aren't having the season that everybody was hoping they would. The Devils started great, but then have you know since really fallen off a cliff, and they also had a lot of COVID stuff. Like the Sabers aren't having as good of a year as some people were hoping. The Islanders are right there, and who knows, you know. Is it something of, of when's the right time to pull the ripcord? You do what the Rangers did and trade some of your guys like Ryan Callahan when they did that, however many years ago that was, and try to rebuild on the fly with, with that sort of thing. Now, granted, or I guess both were captains and they, you know, and whatnot. But, um, yeah, I don't, you know, obviously they just hired Brian Burke, who's made some very noteworthy trades. Phil Kessel going to, uh, to the from the Bruins to the Maple Leafs and he paid a lot Run for out, it. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and obviously Hextall is the GM and Hextall, you know, when he was with the Kings made a lot of different trades to get a ton of value for it. He actually, he had a couple of good ones with the Flyers too, specifically Braden Shen to the Blues where they got two first rounders out of the deal that one of which turned into Joel Farabee. Um, but you know, know. So, yeah, it's his 21st birthday today. Uh, so he can now legally have a beer. Um, 
But anyway. Fun fact. Fun fact, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. If it's something where they're they're trying to figure out how to pull the ripcord and just say, we're going to suck it up for a couple years. This is, I'm, still, I'm stealing this take from another podcast. But if Sidney Crosby doesn't want to be traded, he's not getting traded. If he wants to go be put into a position where he can win a Stanley Cup, they're going to do that for him. You know, he's won them three. So, you know, if but he wants who's to, to say he win, can't do that. Who, but who's to say he can't do that where he is? I'm not sure. You know, I had them in the playoffs. The The current four teams in the East are my four playoff teams. Not to brag, but I'm bragging. Um, but I don't know. So it's, it's something. <laughs> it's something, though, where, you know, their depth that I was praising so well at the beginning of the season hasn't really been that great. Their defense has certainly been lacking. The goaltending seems like it's a complete mess. Um, you know, when they just trade away Matt Murray to try to get some, you know, some more picks and whatnot to the senators and all this different stuff. And, and it just hasn't really worked with Jari and DeSmith. It, Jari did not recapture what he did a year ago. And DeSmith has been, you know, he's been fine, but, you know, the, the team has a negative one goal differential. And if that's something where this catches up to him and it gets worse, trading, you know, trading one of them may end up being something. But then again, to kind of take what a lot of Pittsburgh fans were saying to the Flyers for a long time of, you got to trade away one of these guys, rebuild, 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 like people were saying about Drew and Voracek. You know, if, they, if those young guys do get it going and the depth does return... You know, there is something that could happen there. You know, they they play the Flyers well. They obviously, up until 2018, had the Capitals numbers in the playoffs. And, you know, the the Bruins have beaten the, the Penguins in the playoffs. But Crosby has the, you know, the cup experience to try to lead the team. You talked about veteran leadership. There's, you know, the consummate professional in the, in the NHL right now. Yeah, there's no, no, no chance you trade a guy like Sidney Crosby. That's yeah. just... It's, well, you know, it's Gretzky, a different level. Gretzky got traded twice, so you know, crazier shit has happened. It's such, it's such a, it's such a hard thing to come back from, but also like <laughs> one of those that's been well documented why he got traded. Now, yeah, 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 there's, yeah, there is other shit at play. Um, but but anyway, anyway, um, who are my four teams playoff teams uh, for the East? I think you had the Rangers. Hold on. Let me pull it up. Uh, yeah. Greg had Boston, Philly, and both New York teams. Yeah. I think the Islanders will definitely make it. Uh, that'll definitely happen. The Rangers I picked with my heart there on that one for sure. Um, they just don't have the offensive scoring that they had a year ago. And I mean, I know you say New Jersey, Jordy, but New Jersey only 14 games. I mean, they haven't played a ton of games. That's like yeah. that's the hard thing. Like their young guys, like Quinn Hughes or not Quinn Hughes, Jack Hughes is having a really Jack good Hughes bounce back looks, here. He, he looks sure, unbelievable. Yeah, he looks awesome. He sure got named uh, captain of the team. He's been yeah, pretty good Woods. this year. They have those other rookies Miles, that are yeah. have been awesome. Uh, that defenseman, who's that defenseman? Yeah, yeah. What's it? people know? If you're a Devils fan, you know who we're talking about. Um, but Ooh. yeah, I, we have a couple Devils fans who listen. Uh, there is one. Yeah, the, my nice. buddy in, in Switzerland. What's up, Greg? How you doing? Uh, I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. Yeah, this is doing? another Greg who I also played hockey. Uh, You're mm-hmm. high school hockey Greg. He can be college hockey Greg. Uh, it sounds like a fake Greg if he has my name, but <laughs> well, you know what? This is a, Matt, a real Matty D scenario. 
No, 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 no. Sorry. Fun, fun inside joke there. Um, no, but the Devils, I don't know. It's it's something where I guess you have to figure out their goaltending situation. Of Mackenzie Blackwood's been pretty solid for him, but like oh, also, he's been unreal this year. Like yeah, they they have only let up forty one goals, but like they're really top heavy and it's really young at the top for them. They only have 37, 37 goals, four and 14 games. Like, so there's, I don't know. There's some sort of balance that needs to be yeah. figured out. Well, a guy, a guy like Palmieri needs to have more than one. Yeah, goal. Yeah, that's a good call. Yeah. I mean, that's just, you, you How can't long has he been in the league for it. feels like he's been in forever. Parise just had his, uh, or no, not Parise, Travis Zajac, Parise, uh, just had his 1,000th game. It feels like Palmieri's been in the league forever. And and Palmieri's playing with, with Jack Hughes, who's at, who, as you mentioned, is on an absolute Ty Smith, tear. that's the rookie. Ty Smith, thank you, yeah. But he's Palmieri's playing with, with Jack Hughes is on an absolute tear this year, so you, you, you'd think he'd have more than one goal. But well, anyway. Palmieri's from New Wow. Anyone else in the East? I mean, Washington – you're not surprised by them. Uh, you know, I think they'll still fade later on here. I mean, Pittsburgh, you talked about it. and Not to go back, but I, there was something I wanted to mention that I forgot until just now. Yeah. They have made the wrong choice of goalie every every time they face a goalie decision, they made the wrong choice. So the two times. <laughs> well, in recent memory, but I'm, I'm – I'm going back forever. Forever, they've made the wrong choice in goalie. Yeah, well, trading or not trading, just not uh, holding on to Flurry. That was a that's a tough one to, to swallow. I mean, Matt Murray looked really good in that Cup run. It just it turned out like how much more fucking capital it, it was to have two solid goalies and to not try to like lock up that way. But then again, like Vegas had such like a. It's such a stranglehold on the rest of the league around that around that expansion draft. Like, who knows no, how that could have gone? You can only you can only protect one goalie. That's you can only protect one. And yeah, they, uh, and they and, and they, they chose, chose the wrong, wrong one. one. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah, but who like who knows of if they like what I'm saying is if they like told uh, if they made some sort of trade where like they trade draft picks to Vegas to say like here we're trading these guys so you don't pick Flurry. Or whatever they decide to do, so they want to hold on to him is what I mean. Because that's what like that's what they did with fucking like Florida, and they got fleeced that way. That's how they got Marsha Show and Riley Smith, like all this crazy stuff. Because um, it was basically like, so you don't draft this guy, we're gonna give you these dudes. So maybe they could have done that, and and maybe it works out that way. But maybe that's like the the in theory how they end up trading Malkin. You know? No, or 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 you just you just don't like. You just protect, like a guy you drafted you, first overall. Like yeah, you protect Flurry. Like you don't you don't protect a guy who had one good year. That's yeah, tough. And then they did it again with Jari. Jari got named to the All Star team, and Murray. Yeah. I, I don't know what happened because to shout out our friend Jared again, he was like one that like really just seemed to really sour on Matt Murray quick, and it all of a sudden it just seemed like it went from all this favor if he won the Stanley Cup to this guy sucks. Let's get him out of here. And yeah, I mean it's because forever, it's because forever he's going to be the guy that they chose over Flurry, and to watch Flurry go to the Cup that same year that that you chose someone else is just forever going to be a shot in the arm. But it's it, again, it, like he had one 
he had one year where he performed well, and you're going to sit here and and pick him over Flurry, who's won you multiple cups. Like to me, that's just baffling. It's crazy. I mean, we'll have to see what happens. What uh, you know, I think their goaltending scenario is going to keep them from really making any sort of serious run. Maybe you know, similarly to last year of where veteran leadership helped teams advance around, but like, I don't know if they don't have home ice, it's, it's going to be tough to see what happens there. Obviously the, how the rest of this division shakes out the flyers, the Bruins have only played 16 games. You mentioned it. There's a ton of teams that have played over 20 games. So there's like, there's still a lot up in the air here and, and it's going to be a lot of fucking up and down of all these different teams, uh, of how they're going to go. Yeah. Jordy, Anything else in the East before we uh, before we move on and wrap it up? And I know uh, I know you got some some important uh, important <laughs> thing to do tonight. But um, just curious if you got anything we, else. Well, we mentioned we, the uh, Panarin thing at the top, and we obviously don't know all the all the news. But there's this whole thing of that his Russian coach from the KHL dropped at, dropped a a news report that he has allegedly you know he physically assaulted a woman. Um, and the, there's no woman that's come forward with it. It was just his coach who I guess doesn't like that Panarin has been outspoken against Putin and all this sort of stuff. Um, the crazy scenario and, and, you know, neither of us are really you know, huge politicians, but crazy stuff out of Russia. I'll say that. Yeah. And, and at first glance, it certainly seems like a story in which, the guy speaks out against the the guy. A guy speaks out against a government, and the government responds with he uh, he beat up a woman, and and we covered it up. And you know what I mean? Like it, it reads very much that type of scenario, uh, yeah. or that narrative, if you will. But the Rangers have come out and said, you know, we we. We trust, we believe our guy. He 1,000% told us this is false. So, you know, we're going with that. This is false. And, you know, for them to come out right away, they didn't have to do that. But for them to come right out, out right away and back their, their player, I thought was, was uh, says, I guess, all you need to know about it. And it stinks that the Rangers need him right now. But, uh, you know, if I'm him, I go home too. And, I you know, you got to deal with, Deal with some crazy and... shit. But they're, uh, yeah. Know. Yeah. That was we... a great recap of you of what the situation is, Jordan. Great job. Yeah, you know, I, uh, I wanted to make sure I got it right. So I, you know, looked at it again. I didn't want to, uh, speculate or, or anything there. I don't want to misreport anything. Uh, but it's a, it's a crazy thing. And, you know, the team, you mentioned they, they need them. A lot of their guys just not performing. Zibanejad having a bit of a down year. Chris Kreider, though. And over grad, he uh, had a hat trick last night against the Flyers. A couple yeah, of uh, power play goals. Yeah, you're ready to go to BC. Um, um, but yeah, Jordy, I don't want to. I don't want to get the people too excited, but I'm very much looking forward to your podcast next week. Yeah, your Should off we... week pod. No, no, I don't. Just in case it doesn't happen. Okay. The 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 two guys that you're hinting at coming on and sharing their experiences and sharing their their stories. Uh, I am. I could not be more excited, and I don't know. I 
It's a good tease. It's a good teaser. Um, but we'll talk about it. I don't know how else to say it, but like the stories they're going to share and, and, you know, the experience and it's firsthand, right? It's something that, that you very rarely get from, from a podcast of, of this magnitude of stature. And, and I think it's going to be great. I think the people are going to love it. And, uh, I wish, I wish a certain someone who's not on the pod normally, uh, would do that and, and not be such a, uh, a, a shut in, a recluse, a, I don't know the right way of saying it, but, <laughs> uh, I wish, you know, you understand. What I'm saying, I understand but, what you're saying, I, but we'll, uh, hopefully we get him on <laughs> soon. He has agreed to come on. I don't want to, as you said, we'll keep uh, the mystery out there. But you mentioned it too. Baseball's back. Well, uh, we're getting there to start doing the previews, Greg. Divisional previews. I think I might want to try to do full team previews too for a select few. Uh, Phillies, Red Sox. You know, get, give a little deeper dive on some certain teams. But it's going to be fun. We could, we, could, we, we could do just those teams for sure. I refuse to do the Yankees and I refuse to do uh, anyone else that you, that you, that you may think. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, um, um, but yeah, Jordy, Jordy, let's 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 uh, while we're on baseball, what, what do they need to do to fix baseball? <laughs> a lot of things. Um, uh, you know, I, I was just a lot uh, of things. Spoiling, kidding. But... That's the uh, anyway. that's the short answer. But hey, any, any questions? Questions from the gap from the? Uh, no, the no fan questions this week. The... I forgot to post a uh, a, th- a thing bullpen, to collect questions. Ooh, from the bullpen. I know, I know. I was nice. busy today. A busy day at work. But Greg, I appreciate you jumping on, man. This was a lot of fun. Um, we'll yeah, be back. Yeah. Go, go do your thing. Get out of here. Go do your thing. <laughs> but everybody, subscribe to the podcast, the bullpen cart, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your pods. For Greg Piatelli, I am Jordy Cannell. Have a great weekend, everybody, and let's go Flyers. Go bees. <laughs>